0: Hi, I'm Steve Westerly, and this is Beneficial Intelligence, a new weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. This week, biased data. Machine learning is based on existing data. It has to have some kind of database, some kind of data set to learn from. Unfortunately, that means that What it does will be informed by the data that it has learned from. And sometimes the historical data that we have available is not really showing the patterns we want. There is a famous image database called ImageNet. It contains 14 million labeled images. That's great for teaching machine learning algorithms. They need to have some images and they need to have the labels. So you have a data set and you have an instruction about what does this data mean. Based on this, your algorithm can look at all the images, read all the labels and deduce what each what a new image means. Researchers just looked at a large sample of this database. And they found that 6% of the images were misclassified. They had the wrong label. So any AI that you teach based on this data set will get this wrong information and its decisions, its classifications might not be correct. The problem with these 6% is that they are very likely to be concentrated in areas where human bias plays in. Professor Kahneman wrote an influential book called Thinking Fast and Slow. He explained that we have two systems of thinking. System one is very fast, doesn't take much energy, and it's very prone to bias. And we have system two, that is the slow reflective thinking, where we're really carefully considering things. The ImageNet database has been classified by humans. And they were paid very, very little per image. So they would be classifying it very, very quickly. Which means they would be using their system one thinking to classify. And in the system one thinking, you get all the biases. You don't have time to think about the image. You just make an instinctive decision. So when you see an image of a woman in hospital clothes, those images would often be classified as nurse. Whereas when you see an image of a man in hospital clothes, it would tend to be classified as doctor. That kind of bias is probably not what you want in your algorithm. But if your data set has this bias, then your algorithm is going to get it too. Google Translate is based on existing text. So that means when you enter something into Google Translate, it will come up with the most plausible translation, which is the most common one. A Hungarian researcher put some Hungarian text into Google Translate. Now, the Hungarian language is special in that it only has one gender-neutral pronoun. It doesn't have he and she. It just has one pronoun. So when you entered into Google Translate, that pronoun, the person and the word for do does the dishes, then the person does the dishes becomes she does the dishes in Google Translate. On the other hand, if you entered the person reads It became He Reads. Now, um, she posted that on Twitter and Google rapidly rushed out a correction. So now Google Translate does show both options. It could be he or she. But nobody had recognized that until somebody who spoke Hungarian actually pointed it out to them. Microsoft built a chat bot and connected it to Twitter. With, with extraordinary lack of foresight, they decided that they would just let it talk to people on Twitter and it would learn from them. Unfortunately, the people who wanted to talk to that bot were mainly pranksters. And they managed in a very short time to turn this bot into a misogynistic, uh, racist jerk spewing uh, holocaust denials. So embarrassed, Microsoft had to pull the plug on the poor bot after only 16 hours. So they were allowing this bot to learn from its conversations. But if you don't have any kind of filter on the conversations, you would just have have pranksters converging on this poor bot, chatting it up, giving it a lot of biased feedback. And they were seeing what they could, how they could manipulate this bot. And they were very, very successful. And Microsoft had to pull the plug. Now, as a CIO or CTO, it is your job to ensure that any machine learning that you have running is being trained on good quality data. This is something that might be the responsibility of a chief data officer or your data protection officer. But you need to make sure that there is somebody who has this task. You cannot foist this on some development team saying the development team needs to ensure the quality. Data quality is something that quickly gets pushed out to the side by the development team who's under deadline pressure. It's your responsibility to make sure that somebody somewhere has the responsibility for ensuring that you have unbiased, good quality data. Thank you for listening to Beneficial Intelligence weekly podcast with stories and pragmatic information for CIOs and other IT leaders. If you like the content, please spread the word. If you have comments, please get in touch. My contact information is in the show notes. See you next week.